Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. Uh, I'm Pastor Keith. Woo, Pastor Keith. I'm Pastor Sarah. I'm Pastor AJ. And we are so glad to have you guys here this morning. So we, um, we thought that it would be fun because we have an Estonia trip that's coming up in winter, right? We do. So um, if we could talk a little bit about this, John and AJ and I are going to be going to Estonia in, gosh, right about a little over a month. In about a month, go yeah. Back. It's been a while since we've been in the winter, so we are super excited. Yeah. And I think we decided it'd be fun to talk about missions and outreach and doing the things that we get to do because sometimes we think that's just reserved for a pastor or these elite people, but God wants everybody to get involved, right? Yeah. So that leads us to our message title for today, and it's called I'm In. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I'm in. I'm in. Yep. And a lot of you are in, which is awesome and amazing. And some of you will be in after this message. Okay. No, I'm hopeful on that. I'm praying on that. So we'll go ahead and we'll um, start off with prayer this morning. Um, Dear Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for bringing us into the house, into your house, Lord. We just thank you that you are a good God and you see each of our hearts and you know where each of us is at right now, Lord. And so, Lord, we just pray um, over this message that you just give us the words to speak um, that just come from you, Lord, and just use us as your vessel as we're up here um, bringing your word this morning, Lord. We just thank you for everybody that's in person and online, Lord. Um, and we just pray blessings over them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, um, Pastor Keith, do you want to share with us how you first got started in missions? Yeah. And even before that, I want to ask a question for you guys to think about as we're doing this. Everybody said, I'm in, right? Ask yourself what that means. Because sometimes we say things, especially in our Christianese, and then God brings us, and I believe he's going to do this this morning. He brings us to the point to say, it's time to put your money where your mouth is. For, for lack of a better way of putting it, the risk of myself, sometimes God brings us to a point and says it's time to put up or shut up. So, but, but I want it to be encouraging because I think he's going to bring us to that point this morning, each and every one of us, because if we're in, what does that mean? So I can tell you, um, I have been, God creates us each with, with unique talents and gifts, and um, been talking to a lot of people about that, about that lately, but um, I have always had a heart for missions, if that's what you want to call it. And, and even AJ and, and others and I have been talking about, I've always felt a call to missions. And we say those words a lot, but that starts with me, gosh, it starts with me back to when I was a teenager. Believe it or not, um, most people think uh, that I do crazy things, but believe it or not, when I was in between my junior and your senior year, I spent a summer in what was a Soviet Union at the time, but in Russia doing street drama as missions. And that's really where it got, got in my blood. So I started young, but I think God plants our desires and our heart and the things he wants us to do since we're very, very young. And that's where it started for me. But then I always thought my love would be in Latin American countries. Um, and an example is in 2014, and, and I, I look at Chris because I know that's where your love is too, I spent a lot of time in, in Colombia. And if you'd have asked me, my heart would have always been in Latin American countries. And getting to do, I, I, again, I look at Chris, because I remember being hiking in jungles to villages where there is no church and going to places where Jesus, they may or may not have ever heard that name, and sharing Jesus and doing things, the kind of things that you read out of the book of Acts. Um, but I was in Colombia in January of 2014, and then 
um, we saw an opportunity to go to Eastern Europe, to Estonia. And I made a cold call to somebody on the East Coast and said, hey, you mind if I tag along? And again, I always would have thought my heart would have been for um, Latin American countries and that kind of environment. And I went to Estonia the first time and I experienced people and I experienced their culture, but I also experienced kind of an eye-opening thing because we often think of unreached peoples and missions as being that jungle in Africa or that jungle in the Amazon. Um, and the first time I went to Estonia, I realized that by most American mission standards, Estonia qualifies as that unreached people group, less than 1% Christian. And that was startling to me because we think of these, um, these romantic, these glamorous, these jungles, these things like that. And it was stunning to me that in a place that's, I would call it second world, not third world, but very much like America in some ways, that that's an unreached people group. And I fell in love with it. And I have actually not been back to a Latin American country because I always felt called to missions, but when I got, went, and we talk about this a lot, and I know Sarah and AJ share this, that's when God chose me to serve in that part of the world. And it completely changed, even, even my heart for mission, it completely changed my focus because I went from the call that I felt to being chosen to do a very specific thing. Nice, good. Um, and then for me, um I started serving and, you know, I think that sometimes people think like missions has to be like out far away, right? But um, I was, we were at a church and, and we started serving our community and just giving out clothing and food to our community. Um, and so that was kind of like the, the tip of the iceberg. And I was like, oh, I really like this. And then um, we had a group that actually uh, at that church that went to Africa, and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like my husband has to go to Africa. Like, that's what he's supposed to do. But in this church, it was like a very select group of people that got to go to Africa. It wasn't open to anybody. Not anybody could go. You had to be, like, up here to get to go to Africa. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I was down here. I was just, like, a church member, and you had to be up here to get to go to Africa. And so I was like, okay, well, I mean, I guess that wasn't... But I never thought that it was for me. I thought that it was for my husband. And I was like, okay... I need, you know, I think he's supposed to go to Africa. Um, and then uh, God has a funny, funny way of doing some different things, right, than what you think in your own head. Um, and so then we wound up um, at a church, and we got to meet Pastor Keith. And, and the, the Sunday that we went, they had a team that was going to Estonia. And I'm like, Estonia? Like, where? Has it, be honest. Raise your hand if you've ever even heard of Estonia, unless it was sitting in this church room. I want to ask a more honest question. Whose reference prior to us to Estonia was Encino Man, the movie, Brandon Fraser? Yep, yep. I love the honesty. But that's reality is most people have never heard of it except for that. And that was me. I hadn't even watched that movie to hear it. So I'm like, Estonia? Like, is that like a made-up place? Like, you know, you're going to hop in a time machine? And, you know, I guess that would be fitting for the movie, right? Um, but um, the next year... Yeah. I went to Estonia, you guys. Like, I, I, the Lord called me and, and took both of us to Estonia. And then it's just been, I'll say, uphill from there. Being able to go to Mexico and um, Estonia, being able to serve our country, and, and, or and, our community. Sorry, and the note I'll put on that is Sarah told you that she felt like that call to go to Estonia or go to other places was reserved for certain people. God desires and has a call for each of us. Yeah. But they chose, they stepped in and did what was needed. And you're going to hear us say this a lot, to be chosen to go. 
not because they had a certain title, not because they had a certain level of spirituality, but they sought God and they said, this is what I want to do. I feel called. And, and maybe internally, what do I need to, to, be, to, need to do to be chosen to do that? So good. What about you? What do you want to share about? I want to share that when I first met Pastor Keith, I didn't like him too much. You kind of, you, you kind of, you kind of like rubbed me a little bit. I was like, wait, who's this guy going to Estonia? I want to be the one doing the same thing he's doing, you know? And, and it's funny because we got connected and we've been quite a few places together and, and learning where to go in the Holy Spirit calling those areas. I have never grown so much in that time away and doing the things that God's called us to do. You know, I think that it's very important as we go into the next verse, which is uh, Acts of Apostles 1, 7 through 8 in LT. It says, he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know, but you to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, through Judea, in Samaria, and the ends of the earth. I feel like our, our hearts for missions was brought on by one man's courage to go to Estonia. And it, we, it's funny because um, I was connected into the church I was in, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to go nowhere. And then uh, there was ASB, uh, is it, how's it, not ASB, but um, BBS program at 1027. And my kids brought me to that Sunday, Father's Day, and lo and behold, they, he was on stage talking about going to Estonia. And how, it's funny how God puts you in those situations, right? So I think that, um, just trust him, that's all. Yeah, and um, with that Bible verse, um, it talks about in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth, right? And so um, what does, Pastor Keith, do you have any, um, you know, so so our Jerusalem would be like our local community, right? Like our local area. And so what are some, some ways that people can, you know, have a mission field in their own local community? And, and I think that's a good one. And I love this verse because you, you guys, and, and I look at some of the faces, and again, I look at like Chris, and I know our love to go out. But this verse actually tells us where to start. And our Jerusalem is right here. Um, and scripture, we all know the Great Commission says to go into all the world. But that complements this verse and it says right here. So you know your Jerusalem starts on your street. And actually, for especially for parents, for men, for women, you know, it starts in your home. Yeah. Come on. It starts with, and, and it doesn't matter, and this is going to sound funny at first, but it doesn't matter if everybody in your home is a believer, it starts with your home. It starts with husbands with your wives, wives with your husbands, parents with your children. And this is what's going to sound funny. I believe that we need to be evangelizing each other all the time. And that may say, well, why am I going to evangelize my wife? She knows Jesus, but am I encouraging her? Am I building her up? Am I leading her closer to Jesus? Wives, are you leading your husbands closer to Jesus? Because that Jerusalem starts in your home, and then it starts with your neighbors. Who lives to the left and the right of you? I, I kind of think that we, I, I love our community, but I feel like we live in a kind of a closed garage community. It's a communal community. People go to work, they go home, they drive in the garage, they close it. Most, a lot of people don't even know their neighbors' names, much less to talk to them. If we're going to reach our Jerusalem, we should know our neighbors' names. Yeah, that's good. yeah. and our community's names. And for us, our Jerusalem is French Valley, too, as a church, right? And Myriad and Temecula. Yeah, that's good. Um, and, and I think that also kind of as you were saying that, like, and it can also be within our church body as well, yeah. right? Like knowing our brothers and sisters in Christ, um, encouraging one another, like spouses, um, to encouraging, like go to, go to fight club, be a part of that, get connected, right? Um, and him encouraging me, go to sisterhood, go get connected or encouraging our youth. 
go to youth group, get connected, get plugged in. Um, because then when we come together as a community, we can, we can serve other people. And so we have um, some different um, local outreaches that we do. Pastor do you want to talk about that? Yeah, uh, like I got to be a part of what Ed and Julie's doing with Friend to Friend. And it's so important what they, what they, they do with that because uh, I saw the heart and the general heart of going to the community and giving just whatever they need, right? We don't ask them for amount. They give us the amount they want to give us for whatever they purchase from Friend to Friend. But the time ministering, I mean, Ed and Julie were able to talk to a, a family, a family in need, a kids in need, right? So I think going out there and spreading your love on a Saturday for a couple hours is not really much, uh, much time at all. You know, we, we choose what time we spend, uh, and we make excuses. I know I do sometimes. Like, I don't want to go do that because I got this to do. But a couple hours, that's like going, going out to In-N-Out and eating a cheeseburger, right? So you go there and help out for a little bit, and you get, you get blessed by doing it. And then we also did a diaper drive. Who remembers the diaper drive? Yeah. We did for the church birthday, right, in September? Man, that's so amazing. I mean, diapers and, like, why diapers? But if you know the need of uh, young parents or young moms that are by themselves, that diapers cost a lot, right? And so getting a diaper drive and sending them out, that, that's one decision they don't have to worry about. They don't have to worry about providing for that. So that's amazing. This is awesome to do. Small things like that. And then who, who's enrooted? Yeah, remember community. Remember, remember community cleanup, right? That was so awesome going out to the area because you know French Valley is not incorporated, so really the streets and stuff don't get cleaned up regularly. But when we do that as a group, and you see how much stuff we pick up, and not only that, be able to go to the parks and and see people and talk to people and be in relationship with the community. That's very important. So these are some of the the local stuff we could do here locally. And, and, and you know why some of that stuff matters? And, and I know this isn't planned. I'm going to Well, you guys stand up for a minute because if you guys don't know Ed and Julie, I, I'd love connect with them. Just I want you to see them because and the church gets lots of donations. But who has a garage sale and says if you need it, you can take it? Not only are people being blessed by what they do, but that is what love looks like in the community because you know what people are going to go back and talk to their neighbors and friends and say, hey, I went to this garage sale and they just gave it to me something's different about that most people when they have a garage sale they're trying to make some money and most of the time when you have a garage sale you have something that you bought that has a value to you and you want to recover that value who says you need it you can have it who looks at people with the heart and says because maybe somebody can afford something and we give it to them anyway but that creates a buzz in the community because there's somebody doing something different out of love because they can. And, and that kid phrase, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Would Jesus have a garage sale and give stuff away? I think it's pretty cool. Would Jesus have driper drives? Would he do these things? I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, and um, as you guys know, we went on a pastoral retreat the first week in January. And we have some amazing um, local outreaches. We don't want to talk about them here today, but we have some other amazing things that we're going to be doing. And it's ways for you to get involved in our community. Um, so I think that that's super awesome. We have a lot of different things going on. Um, so our next Bible verse is going to be James 1.27. So James 1.27. You might have to forgive AJ and I because we'll make it through this probably without crying, but we'll see. This, is, this, this verse is very personal, and I believe it should be, I know it's personal to AJ and I, but it should be personal to everybody. Um, we talk about being called, we talk about being chosen, we talk about being Christians, we check a lot of boxes, but I think this should speak to our heart about 
what it is to be a believer. And we do have points today, too. So if you're a note taker, just have your pens ready because there will be some notes. Um, so so uh, James 1.27 in the New Living um, Translation says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God. Who else's sight is more important than God's? Anybody's? Is your sight more important? Nope, it's God's. Um, so pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans and the widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Um, and if you've been down to uh, Tijuana Christian Mission, um, you know that we get to love on those kids in the orphanage. We get to love on them and love on them well. Um, Pastor Keith, do you want to talk about TCM? I'm sitting down for this. Okay, you can stand I, I, up. I, 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 stand I up and down. walk. Do your thing. Um, does that verse resonate with you guys, though? Because when this was written, you had a lot of religious people in the Bible. You had Pharisees, you had Sadducees, you had all that. You had a lot of rules, right? And what is this saying? This saying, you want to be pure religion. You want to put your money where your mouth is. You're going to care for widows and orphans in their distress and keep your heart from being corrupt by the world. Care for widows and orphans in their distress. That doesn't say, and I'm on fun of tangent, doesn't say when we feel like it. Doesn't say when it's convenient. Uh, I, I'm going to confront something. We are to pray and we are to seek God for the things that we are to do. And we talked about what and why last week. But if I see an orphan or a widow in distress, do I need to pray and ask God whether I should do it? Or does his word already tell me to do it? Yeah. I don't believe I need to pray and ask God permission to do his will. I think there are times we are to pray and seek him. We are always to seek him. But there are times we're just to do. And TCM, TCM is special because these kids, um, and, and some of you guys know this, but, but, I'll, but I'll rehash over some of these kids. These kids are all orphans in some form. But a lot of these kids are not orphans because their mom and dad are gone and dead. A lot of these kids are orphans because their mom and dad, and some of the girls, because their mom and dad don't want them. There's a precious young boy down there that has some developmental disabilities. He has parents. He has siblings. His parents didn't want him. That's almost more heartbreaking in some ways than an orphan that died or, or the parents that died. So what greater call can we step into and be chosen to do than to go care for widows and orphans? I mean, these orphans and so many of them, especially the teenagers that we love so much, just want time. It doesn't require much. Who, anybody who has a date and a passport can do it. You don't even have to have a lot of money. It's really easy. A date and a passport and willing to go down, maybe not know the language, feel a little bit awkward, but spend some time with some kids that will just eat it up. Pastor Keith Fry, but Kevin is one of them. Kevin, when I go down there, he, he wants a bear hug and wrestle, and he tries to get in my band when we leave, you know, and it's because building relationships all the time. And uh, yesterday, we didn't get to go down because of some things uh, going on there, but they FaceTimed us, you know, out of their time to FaceTime us and talk to us, and which is the relationships you build um, because they're looking for that, and they're like, oh, when are you coming down next time? So they know the consistency, and sometimes it doesn't look Love is something that is uh, not easy to do, right? Love, sometimes you have to step out of your own comfortable zone to go do what they're calling to do. Because we, we've been down there before on the border, and it takes a while to get back. Not to scare nobody, but that love shows sacrificing your time to go do it. So. Yeah, and um, so different, different ways, right? 
Um, we get to go down there and make lunch. We didn't get to go down yesterday, so we sent money down, and they got to have um, pizza, and so they were excited to have some pizza. But um, we just get – it's it's basic things like that, right? Like, how much time does it take to, to whip up some – well, I'm not a cook, so for those of you that cook, <laughs> how much time does it take to whip up a meal? How much time does it take? I don't know how much. A half an hour. Okay, there we go. Um, so it takes about a half an hour, right? To, and then if you're doing something super fancy like um, lasagna and garlic bread, then maybe it takes a little bit more time. But, um, but when you buy it at Sam's Club and just put it right in, then it doesn't take too much time. So. Um, okay, so like I don't cook, right? But I can still go down there and I can feed them and I can, and I can serve them and, and just be with them. Um, and hanging out, playing games with them. Like, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm practicing my Spanish, but my Spanish is not good. Like, yesterday when we FaceTimed, I was, like, trying my Spanish. And I'm, like, saying some things. And they're, like, what? And I'm, like, and they're, like, speaking to me like I'm fluent. And I'm, like, como? 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 Like, what? Um, and so um, so it doesn't even, like, language, the, bar- the language barrier doesn't even matter. Because you can still go down there and... And have fun and play with them. And then we get to do a couple of bigger things. Um, raise your hand if you participated in our school supply drive that we have for the orphanage down there. Yeah. Um, that's amazing just getting to see them. They get to have new backpacks and go to school. And new school supplies and go to school. It's not the hand-me-down leftovers, which there's nothing the matter with that. But they get something brand new to go to school with, which is amazing. And then Christmas, we just got done with our Christmas. Yeah, which was amazing. I want to say that it wound up being 108. Wow. 108 adults and children that we as a church, this church right here, we got to bless and um, take gifts down for them and get to spend, um, you know, that that time with them. So our first point for our note takers is I'm in because Jesus tells us what is pure religion. And this is, um, notice how quiet it is. That's good quiet, though. Because I think for you guys and for us, God's penetrating our hearts with that. Because our, our culture and Western California church culture teaches us what a certain, you know, what religion is, what going to church is. Um, but what I look at is what pure religion is and what Jesus talked about is really the difference between being a believer and believing in him. The scripture tells us that even the, even the demons and the, de- and the demons believe in him. But the difference is walking in his footsteps. And when we look at what Jesus did, Jesus cared for widows and orphans. Jesus went out of his way to step into people's lives. And when we get to go to TCM and do these things, it is the, the things that we get to do. The food, the gifts are also important, but it's being because we're stepping into their lives. And I can think of no greater call to step into than doing exactly what Jesus did. And we can find dozens of examples in scripture where Jesus stepped into somebody's life. Sometimes it was the woman at the well. He just was having conversations with her. He didn't preach a message to her. He just had conversation. He ate with um, tax collectors and sinners. He stepped into people's lives and that's one of the greatest things we get to do is step into people's lives and be a part of that because we, I, I know I'm going off script. The other thing we talk about when we do these things in missions, we talk about preaching the gospel. And we all think, sometimes think that that is saying a certain thing and getting them to pray a prayer. Preaching the gospel comes in a lot of forms. And sometimes that's stepping in their life and being Jesus in their life. Sometimes it's hanging out with them. It is sharing Jesus with them, but it doesn't look like um, necessarily um, reading off a memorized thing and saying, now do you want to believe and pray with me? 
Like scripture actually tells us to make disciples. And to make a disciple means we enter into somebody's life and we walk with them. And to make a disciple doesn't mean we wait till they're a believer. You might be making a disciple of a non-believer for days or months or years before they say, I really want to walk with Jesus. And are we investing that time? And that's what's cool is along the gifts and all the stuff, we get to do that. We get to do that. We don't have to do that. We get to do that. That's good. Um, and then Pastor AJ, can you talk about um, some of the widows in Kayla, which is in Estonia, how you've um, gotten to serve them? This is so how God uh, touches uh, Pastor Keith us when we go there. Hopefully John will see this when he comes. We hang out on Kayla, and uh, it's a church, Baptist church, and we know the pastor there. We know the community, a small community, uh, probably about the same size as this church, maybe, uh, maybe a little smaller. But there's a group of uh, widows and older ladies that come every Tuesday to the church to pray, uh, fellowship, and sing. And they actually wanted me and Pastor Keith to sing hymns. Estonian hymns. So we actually sang a couple of Estonian hymns, and they loved it. And we, we're not singers, man. Matter of fact, we we up here in worship, me and Pastor Keith, you guys be like, what in the world is going on? This is horrible. <laughs> you know, but they, they were like touching us and the face and just being seen there and time with them and, and praying with them. They didn't even know our language, but just spending time with them and, and going. And there's one lady, Lena, Lena, that touches Pastor Keith's heart. And then she she learned. What was that word? She knows like 10 words of English. She knows our names. She knows Sarah's name. But she spent like six months learning, I love you to the moon. Mm. This is also the, the woman who, when we go, has very little. She doesn't have a working toilet in her. No, she doesn't. But she tries every time to take care of us, even give us money for our mission. And talk <laughs> about the, the, the widow and the two mites. She gives us money. And there's a woman who does not have a running toilet in her. And she's a, a, a beautiful Christian believer, and that, that, that is a widow, and we, and we get to care for her. But you know the greatest way we get to care for her? She just wants us to sit with her and sing to her. That's all she has ever asked of us. And she loves, she'll just rub your face. Just, <laughs> she'll just Lena. go up to them and rub their, well, she, she can't walk very well. Um, so, so we go up to her, and she'll just sit there and just caress our face. And she just smiles and just stares into your eyes and just, rubs your face, and then she'll say, I love you to the moon and back. And, and, and do you imagine what we get, sounds really good, but all we're doing, all we get to do, it's cool, is follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Because I imagine that this is what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. He stepped into people's lives. He sat beside them. Sometimes, I, I imagine Jesus talked. Imagine mm -hmm. sometimes he was quiet and just listened. And, and Lena is a great example because she'll, she'll rattle off things in Estonia. She knows we don't fully understand. She doesn't fully understand. But to her, it's precious to just be, to just be. And, and that group of women is so important because who they are, is they are, they are prayers. They are prayers, they are prayers. I believe that when we go there and they pray for us, they pray for us, I know they do. And it's crazy because uh, their prayers count so much to God, right? God's listening to them. You may think they're, they're oh, they're, they, they can't do much, they're, they're older. And, but no, their prayers are so powerful. And I appreciate every one of them that pray because that's what's, what it's about, the relationship with us. And that's how you grow, by getting out of your comfort zone and going and do the things that God calls you to do. And one other thing about Lena, and then we'll move on to our next scripture, but um, when you sit by her, she'll, she'll try to give you money, right? Like she'll hand you euros, and, and you're like, no, Lena, no, you know, and then we, we settle on giving it back to the church. Um, 
And then, but when you walk away and you reach your hand in your pocket, she'll always sneak a little like chocolate or something that she has from her purse into your pocket. And you're like, oh, Lena got me. So she's a sweet lady with a yeah, sweet One time it melted and my pants were all sticky, but it's okay. <laughs> and I think that story is valuable for us. And this is, uh, this is not about living stones. When God oppresses upon your heart to use your money for the kingdom, this is a woman who's not giving out of extra. She's giving out of, she, she's giving out of what she does not have to give. And if she can give out of what she doesn't have to give, most of us have a whole lot of extra. So I, I, I want to hit, this is my favorite, I almost don't need this. Um, our, our core, one of our, my core beliefs for us as a church in missions and everything, but part of it is, you guys, to know me is to know that we're all gifted differently. And one of my gifts is serving. Not everybody is designed to serve the way I do. But everybody is designed to do something. But that's why this isn't personal to me. Because I think we can. And um, if you guys want to look real quick, I'll paraphrase it for you. But in the book of Acts 6, um, verses 1 through 7, 1 through 8, you had apostles that were called and charged to preach the gospel. And that's what the, the duty that God had given them is to preach the gospel and grow the church. And what you had is you had a situation where you had the church that was fledgling, but you had widows, you had orphans, you had other things going on, and people started to complain. I think it's not so different than the church these days. People were complaining, well, what about this? What about the food pantry? And who's going to run that? Who's going to do the garage sales? Who's going to do this? I call them the behind-the-scenes things. They're not the public-facing things, but they were behind-the-scenes things. And the apostles at the time, they looked and they said, our call is to preach the gospel, but we're being distracting our time's being taken away to do this. So somebody needs to do this. So they chose this man, Stephen, and six other men. And what I love about this that I want everybody to hear, and I think it's going to be up on the screen because it talks about distribution of food, but, but I want to get to the last part because the apostles were called, and this can, can be about Estonia, it can be about church, it can be about cert. Some people are called to front-facing things, some of us are called to do other things to support that. But we live in a culture where the pastor, the one that teaches, that's the cool job. That's what I want to strive to. That's the scene thing. And in this moment, it was a very pivotal moment for the church in the book of Acts. Because there was a great need. And when they chose Stephen and the seven, what I really want to point out is, is it in here? Scripture says, um, I'm going to go to verse 5. Everyone liked the idea, so they chose Stephen, a man full of the Holy Spirit. And there's other names. But they didn't choose Stephen because he was good at food distribution. They didn't choose Stephen because he had 10 years of experience running a shop or running a food pantry. They chose Stephen because Scripture says he was a man full of the Holy Spirit. And I value that for two reasons. Because sometimes we and we have that cliche phrase, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. But God will equip you with what you need when you respond to the, the call of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we think, I'm not capable, I'm not good enough, I don't have that gift. And there are times where we allow that to hold us back and we need to step in and when we feel called, we need to do what it takes to be chosen, but then we need to do, and God will give us what we need through the Holy Spirit. But the other reason I want to point that out, because when we first started going to Estonia, we went to these places and these camps. Yeah, we're not too bad. And what impressed me about the camps is there's one of the camps there, since we're already on Estonia, that seeks to reach kids that aren't technically orphans, 
um, but for the older generation, we call them latchkey kids that might all be um, all but be orphans because their parents may or may not be in their home, but their parents are not present. Alcohol, drugs, other things. There's a young lady whose mama is, she's 15 now, but she's been raising her younger siblings since she was eight. And she has like four of them because her dad is not present, her mom is present, but is not present because alcohol is such a, such a, a binding factor. So when we went to Estonia, we looked and we said, I don't, I don't see the language. You know, I don't know the language and God gave me these verses because he said one of the things we get to do in the camps in Estonia is we get maybe three days with kids. And these kids, a lot of them, there is no church in their camp. The closest church might be 45 minutes, an hour, a couple hour drive. There is no church, there is no Bibles, there is no presence of Jesus or gospel. The only Jesus they may get in a year is this. And the, the Holy Spirit really affected me with this. And I would almost say afflicted with my heart, but that sounds like a bad thing, but it's a good thing. These kids get three days with these um, Christian leaders that want to pour into them. And we looked and we said, what can we do to be a part of that? And, and I wasn't going to do so. I'm, I'm going to get off the subject for a minute here. Sorry, guys. But in Isaiah, and I know AJ knows this well, there's a verse uh, and I'm going to hone in on the verse where God says, who will go for us? Who will go for me? Isaiah 6, 8. And you know what he says? You know what his response is? Here, my Lord, send me. And can I imagine, say, I can't sit down with you. I, but who, who's been at school, has their kids, and you want to be picked for a team, and you want the teacher to call on you? And God, this is what I imagine God wants. Is he wants to say, oh, 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 pick me, pick me. How many, of us are, how many of us are reluctant? Uh, maybe God will pick me. Or, mm, if I avoid it, maybe he won't pick me. Or the kid in the class that doesn't make eye contact because we don't want to get picked on. What God desires is the one that says, here am I, send me. I want to go. Whatever that looks like, I want to go. And I was talking to a gentleman yesterday, and, and our conversation was so near and dear to my heart, and it feeds to this, sorry guys, but when we talk about preaching the gospel and reaching people, I don't know about you guys, but we have a call and a great commission. There's not a person in here that doesn't have that. Not a person. But we all wonder what our role is. I think there's a time to say, I don't care what it is, whatever it takes, I'll do it. And I believe that's what Stephen did. And I believe there's a time to say, I don't care. I just, if, if I need to stay here to release somebody else to go, that's what I want to do so the gospel gets preached. If I want to go, I'm going to go. If I need to stay, I'm going to stay. And anywhere in that chain, I, I think he just wants to say, oh, oh, pick me. I want to be a part of people being reached in the gospel and preaching, period. Anything I could do to be a part of that. And what Stephen did is he did that. And also hear the importance of that we rate things in, in terms of importance. People think maybe the pastor or the people that stand up here and preach are more important and visible than they do a more important calling than maybe who makes coffee at the cafe. When scripture says that they chose Stephen, a man full of the Holy Spirit, that tells me that the way God rates importance in ministry is not the way we do. That the person might stay, the, the wife or husband that would stay to take care of kids so their spouse can go overseas, the person that makes coffee or does the tech booth so people can preach, yeah. that's just as important. That's just as important. Or God wouldn't say, they chose Stephen, a man full of the Holy Spirit, not because he was good at stuff. God rates those things high. And, and I think my heart's desire today is we leave here saying, Pick me. I just want to be a part. And I don't care what that is. I just want to be a part. Because if I can do something here, 
and I can, I can make coffee. And that furthers the gospel being preached and people being reached. God, isn't that what we strive for and what we want? And I know I went way off. Yeah, that's good. No, that leads us into our second point. I'm the, the guideline follower. Okay, but our second point is um, I am in to help lift the arms of the apostles. So that's everything that Pastor Keith was just, um, just talking about. Like that's exactly what that Bible verse Acts 6, 1 through 7 talks about. Um, because it freed up the apostles to go and spread, spread the word, right? And so we get to do that. When we go to TCM, we get to come alongside the leaders, right? We don't necessarily speak the language, so we're not going to be, um, you know, giving the kids Bible verses and things of that sort at TCM, but we can come alongside the, the leaders, right? The leaders' arms get weary. Anybody ever, like, have a job where your arms kind of get weary and you kind of just get tired in general, and we get to be those people that step in to do life with the leaders at TCM. We get to step in and do life with the church leaders in Estonia. We get to step in and do life with the Village of Hope leaders in Estonia. We get to step in and do life with the, um, the leaders at Friend to Friend, just like Pastor Keith was talking about. And so that's what we get to do. We get to help lift the arms of the apostles. A little more insight to uh, F2F that we do here, Friend to Friend. There's a uh, nonprofit there in Estonia that what they do is do friend to friend on a um, nation scale in Estonia. They have stores and even have stores in Latvia now. But it started with one man's dream, Malis, uh, and and some others that to bring this opportunity to bless uh, other organizations. Matter of fact, they sponsor kids uh, that are part of the social care system to go to these camps, fully sponsored by doing this type of camp, right? And this is what we get to do here with Friend of Friend. This is our dream is connecting that piece together. And then Village of Hope is another ministry there in Estonia that is for men and women recovering from alcoholism, drug addiction. And this is a second chance for men. It's not easy. It's kind of like a uh, Christian boot camp, right? And they have to work, uh, get up at a certain time, routine, obedience, no electronics, uh, scripture, study, uh, a whole cycle, right? And this is to transform your mind, renew your mind into what God's ways are, right? And so we get to lift that up and uh, go there and support them. And as you know, anybody in leading ministry or leading uh, managers at work, it's hard sometimes. You're like, oh, this is all on me. But when you get there and encourage for a little bit, it lifts this off of the leaders there in, in, in Estonia and TCM. So. Yeah, that's and, and we, um, I almost missed something that's important. We, uh, we also have an American mentality, and I look at Chris and others, and I think you see this, that I'm going to go take Jesus to this country. I'm going to tell you now, we want you to be in, and I want you to be in, but you're not taking Jesus there. He's there. There are believers and pastors and people that are laboring, and to hold up the arms of the apostles, we want to come behind them, and we want to serve them. And we want to do it at all costs and whatever it takes. And one of the things I love about the camp, we get opportunities to share Jesus. But one of the greatest opportunities we get at the camp and I hope this drives home that we're not taking Jesus. He's there. We're supporting them. 120 kids at a camp, three meals a day, there's a lot of dishes. Dishes might take two hours a meal. That's six hours a day for three days. If we can do 18 hours of, of dishes, that gives them 18 hours with those kids that may never hear about Jesus any other way. I don't know about you, but I'll take it. And I'll do 100 hours of dishes because they're getting Jesus, and I just want to be a part of that. But, but it reinforces we get to go in all the world and preach the gospel. We don't take Jesus. He's there. We go to serve alongside and labor alongside the people that live there. And if that means a, a 
crazy story that if that means real quick, if that means he puts you in the dead of night in the winter in a car with two strangers that are Christian men and a chainsaw and said, there's a woman who's been abandoned by her husband and she needs firewood. Get in that car and you go. Or if there's a toilet that is clogged. Where's Taylor Lawson? Taylor. Taylor's been in Estonia and helped Pastor Keith um, moral support unclogging a clogged toilet in Estonia. So you do what you're called to do, right? It might not be exactly what you want to do. Like nobody like signs up and is like, cool, I want to do that. Right, but should should we clarify? Let, let me give you a little bit of no, and seriously, but this matters. But and it's not about Taylor and I, but right. they're like Mexico. You can't flush toilet paper. Not in all places, just at, but, this, but camp, at this camp where this camp is. And at this camp, there was a downstairs toilet kind of hidden away where they flush toilet paper, and lots of kids had done their business, and they let it ferment for a couple days. Taylor and I went to Henry, who helps run the camp, and I said, "You have a plunger?" He smiled and said. So Taylor and I wrapped our faces, put trash bag on my hand, and we dug it out by hand. That is not usual, okay? Don't be like, I'm never going to Estonia because I'm going to have to reach my hand. I've been, I think, four or five times and never had to do that, just for the record. But but that moment, because Americans are rich Americans to Estonians, and a lot of them will ask us over years, why do you even come here? That moment resonates to today, and they still tell that story because wasn't Americans that are holier than thou, that know better, that have it cornered, and an American that said, here's a problem, because I, we could have asked the people that run the camp, can you fix this toilet? And we said, uh, and, and it's a question, what would Jesus have done in that moment? He would have stepped into the mug, mud, he would have stepped into the little, literal people's crap and helped clean it out. And he does that all the time. And who are we not to do the same thing? Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay, so our next Bible verse is Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. And it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so do you have our last... You, you notice real quick on that, though, um, Jesus didn't say, go talk to people and get them to pray a prayer, to make disciples. That's a commitment, and that's a relationship, and that's learning to walk in Jesus' footsteps. This, you know, uh, Pastor Keith's um, the why, right? And he preached the why. And, and uh, in, the, in the book of the Bible, it gives you clear direction the why. Our, our why is to go and spread the gospel. Jesus, right? Why not? Why not be in? Why not do what he's called you to do? We could do it here. And we talked about Jerusalem. Jerusalem could be your home, your neighborhood, your workplace, your school where you take the kids to school, your parents that you associate with, out to the community in TCM, to Estonia, worldly. But it starts where you want to make your kids disciples of Christ, right? Lead them by the gospel. Then it goes from there. And the biggest thing is that why not? This is the this is the order he gave us. Go out there and make disciples, all nations, right? Yep, and that's our last point for today, which is I'm in because Jesus gave us the authority to make disciples. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. 
Come visit us here at Livingstone's Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.